I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good afternoon. I'm speaking to you live just outside the Olympic Village in Munich, West Germany. At this moment, eight or nine athletes of the Israeli team are being held prisoner. These guerrillas are a group called Black September. They're all gone. Every civilization finds it necessary to negotiate compromises with its own values. We want to ask you, will you undertake a mission? You will have to leave the country and your family. I can't live with refusing this. We have 11 Palestinian names. Each had a hand in planning Munich. You're going to kill them, one by one. We deposit money into a box that doesn't exist. 200,000 for one name. Am I alone? You'll have four others. They know useful things like documents, cars, cleanup. He gets in the bed, his weight arms the device. I give the signal by switching off the light. It's strange to think of oneself as an assassin. Think of yourself as something else then. What's wrong? It should have exploded by now. We found three more names for you. You know how many laws we've broken? He takes up the phone. We hit the remote. Hello? Hello? We're supposed to be righteous. I lose that. That's, that's my soul. It's your papa. Don't forget my voice. You think you can outrun your fears, your doubts? We can't afford to be decent anymore. And I'm Sebastian. We're depositing money in a box that doesn't exist for people we don't know. And I'm Andy Shuttler. There's no peace at the end of this. And I'm Jordan. And welcome to our review of Munich. Oi, that was not what I thought it would be. Believe <laughs> <laughs> I was not ready for this film. <laughs> I uh, 
I had uh, somehow mixed up Munich in my head with Manchurian Candidate. Um, ah. Yeah, that's my bad. Um, whoops. <laughs> so this is all yeah, this, your fault is what I'm hearing. I mean, yeah, either way. This legitimately happened. Yeah. Wait, did the Manchurian it's, Candidate it's not a... happen? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a, ask. It's such a strange film. It's It's heavy, but then it doesn't redeem itself at the end with any kind of a point. Mm. Like it, it, it stays vague the whole way through as to which side it's it's on. Is terrorism good or bad? Is it effective or not? Uh, and by and by the time you get to the end, you've you've gone through all this death and hate and just this awful stuff. You know, people's lives completely ripped apart, and there's no payoff. It just it just kind of ends. With, with, with no with no little bow at the end, and okay, this was this was the point of sitting through the last two and a half hours. But Andrew, the important point is it did come to an end eventually. After <laughs> you say two and a half hours, I think That's it's like three. <laughs> it's, it's, it was... Very close to three, and it feels long. And and most it of the film is just, most of the film is just the same scene over and over again <laughs> of them. Bobbing somewhere. Preparing for the little heist and then executing the heist and things going wrong and then them botching it but somehow still getting the getting the target in the end. And then we do it all over again three or four more times. The fact that they had their little demolitions expert as well meant that they would literally like three <laughs> times in a row, I guess we're going to bomb this person. I guess we're going to bomb this but person. But he wasn't. That's that's kind of explained on the way through. Yeah, he was like the bomb diffuser, like not a bomb oh, builder. But like I mean, that's like why all their bombs suck. But I mean, like they relied yeah. on the idea of let's just blow this up like so many times in a row that whether it's yeah. true or not, but, it's just like yeah, guys, we've seen you plan an explosion. <laughs> why are you doing another one? No, it's it's it, because they because they shoot the first guy, and for some reason it doesn't get the traction that they want. So from then on, it it becomes. A part of their, a part of how they work that they use explosives because that sends a bigger message. It's more, it's it's more public. It's more violent. It reminds me and of that it, episode it, of The Simpsons where Mr. Burns hires that guy to kill Grandpa, and he's talking about how like murdering a man is like a fine game of chess. Then he just kicks the door down and just shoots everything <laughs> in the place. <laughs> this feels like it's a bad strategy in the sense like, because like half of the film, they're like, oh, do you reckon they're on to us? Because they're trying to kill us. And it's like, yeah, I, I think one explosion yeah. is suspicious. Yeah. Three explosions is very suspicious. Like by that point, like of course <laughs> they, they know something's up. Yeah. You've blown up three people and shot someone. Like they're on to you. <laughs> Don't act surprised. But in a film like this, you kind of expect at the end of it to to get some sort of message, like okay, the mm. the, the guys perpetrating it somehow have a have a you know an, an epiphany and either go after their own government or you know sell them out some way or realize that they've been sold out by the government and then the end of the message is you know I guess nobody's safe you know at any time. But it, it has it has none of that. It's just killing people for some cause. That was misguided from the from the very start and, and unclear from the very start, and then it just stops. It sure does, but at least Jeffrey Rush is in it. Yeah, you know the you know the best character in it, I think, yeah. is the father of the intelligence network 
that they that they end up getting uh, that they end up relying on for all their stuff. The, the, the French guy with the, the big fat French guy with the beard uh, yeah, yeah, who yeah. cooks. He's the best character in the thing. You could make the film about him, and it would be interesting just how he got to where he is. That's that's a story. Yeah, but it's they a good didn't. story. <laughs> but they didn't. Uh, Michael Lonsdale is the actor that played the father. He's the one that. We're- but the, the, the character is is solid. You know, he was he was a French guy, and they and they helped uh, you know kick out the the PC French who were you know sort of working with the Nazi government, only to get you know a, a, another stupid regime, and then they kicked out some other some other guys in Germany, only to get another bunch of you know corrupt uh, officials in there. And that's when they said, "Forget it. We're just not working with governments because they, you know, none of them can be trusted. They're all as bad as each other." Yeah, I always forget that that's the a French good story. do things historically. Yeah. I always are. I, I just see them as like <laughs> a joke of a historical. Um, <laughs> how do I how do I phrase oh, this no, nicely? Was, <laughs> don't see them as influential, and I'm sure I know that they are, and that, that, that's just me failing to acknowledge a lot of the history. Probably, yeah, he was probably he was. Sure, he was probably tossed in there, but if you're going to if you're going to do a movie like this, and your and your point is going to be that governments fuck things up because the, either either they're the ones ordering the violence or at least propagating it, you know, propelling it somehow. Yeah. Uh, by by you know um, what's the word? Legitimizing the the revenge and, and other and other things like that. And then his point is kind of, well, no, we, we sell information, but we absolutely will not work with governments. You know, I know I'm dirty, but I'm not going to have blood on my hands. I'm not that dirty. In a sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez, I know it's I'm a criminal. It's just a mess of a film. It, no, it's, it, it's so messy. And, and for it to have come from Spielberg is, is, is the real mm, surprise. surprise. Yeah. The shock, I guess, yeah. I did no research before watching the film. So when his name came up in the credits, I was like, What? No. Yeah, I did the same thing. I literally finished it like ten minutes ago, and that was my exact reaction. Yeah. It was, well, was do you want shock. to hear? Do you want to hear some facts? Yes, I would love to. <laughs> uh, Spielberg didn't do any interviews or promotion of the film whatsoever. I, I I saw this in the cinema when it first came out, and I think I just saw it uh, as a as a. It must have been you know in in the cinema in a previous movie just as a trailer because I don't remember yeah, seeing any interviews or things like that. And it sounded like, okay, it's, it's kind of political. All right. That was the that was the atmosphere at the time. This was 2005, so only four years after the September 11 stuff. Mm. Um, but he didn't do any promotion of it whatsoever. It had a really tight schedule. Like, from start to finish, the film was produced in six months. Spielberg was editing scenes that he'd recorded two days earlier and then shooting them out straight away for music and sound. Oh, wow. So everything, everything was just being done on on the fly as it went along. That's a and originally, it, for a movie that's got a pretty big sort of scale, yeah, that's yeah, and 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 for its length too, yeah, from mm, start right. to finish, yeah, start start to finish six months if really I can, quick. Um, there was a, a thing that Jordan and I, uh, Jordan had filmed um, this wrestling pr- promo for one of the guys, and we filmed that about six months ago or so. Uh, Jordan, uh, I'm talking about uh, Danger Dan there. And it still oh, hasn't yeah, yeah. seen the light of day. So I guess a very impressive <laughs> that this film took as long and is three hours long. <laughs> hey, in my defense, I finished that months ago. I oh, don't know what's not wrong you. With it. <laughs> not, not taking a stab at you. I'm just saying, like, very funny. 
Well, upon upon seeing it, uh, one Israeli government spokesperson said Spielberg should stick to films about dinosaurs. <laughs> and I don't blame I would him. Be inclined to agree <laughs> because again, it's really ambiguous in its message, and 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 it shouldn't be that way. It's 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 a film. It should be it should be very clear in what it's trying to say, one way or the other. Mm. That's that's fine. And if you're trying to make the point along the way of okay. We're justified in this violence because we're on the side of right. Then at the end, you have to you have to admit, okay, what's right and wrong is some is sometimes mm. clouded. But it doesn't even do that. Yeah, it really, it's very messy. Just on the fence the whole time. One, like it, it's largely true. Everything that happened, of course, it's you know that was going to be my next question. Like, how historically accurate Ooh, is it? I want to guess. It's largely true. Some some. <laughs> Yes. How, how could any of this be fake? Is what I'll say because if you're going to fake something, it should be interesting. <laughs> well, also, also part of the part of the uh, the reason is that it was it was off the books, right? It, it, it genuinely was off the books. The Israeli government did right. not want to be tied to it in any way. Um, so there's never been any admission, as far as as far as I'm aware, that mm. uh, that any of this stuff was ever ordered. But it. It is largely largely true in the sense that almost everybody involved eventually got caught or or, um, or scooped up by some government somewhere because they were sloppy. They were amateurs. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that was omitted uh, from the movie is that they caught up with one guy they were convinced was one of these Palestinian terrorists and in front of his pregnant wife shot him on a bus in Norway and he ended up, and he ended up just being some Moroccan guy who had no involvement in it whatsoever. Oh no! Typical, typical. I wonder why they didn't spot. put that in the film. That'd have been great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible thing. But despite all that, um, it, it still carries a seven point five on IMDb, seventy eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes audience uh, uh, critical, and eighty three percent audience. So it's still rated very highly. And I have to confess, I, re- I remember it being a good film. I remember enjoying it a lot more than I did this time around. I don't bring this up as often on the show as I should. It's worth a note. I do find, okay, going to the cinemas obviously is a very different experience to watching something in, at home. And I do find with these kinds of films where they are, the attempt is to be very engrossing and intense the entire way through, that being stuck in a, in a room like a theatre where you can't escape and it is the only thing possible to focus on, you can fall into them. And I don't want to say that this film failed for me because I watched it at home, but I can see this Maybe. film being a much better film to watch at a cinema. <laughs> I was also only, what, 21 at the time. Uh, so I may have just become slightly more cynical since then, <laughs> which hasn't worked in the film's favour. That also fair. <laughs> but budget of 70 mil, and it took 131 at the box office. And considering there was no marketing, it, it probably made a, a decent chunk of change. Okay, not, 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 by no means like a runaway success, but yeah, it did its job. And, oh, God, no, yeah. no. Yeah. No. It's an, and it's no Schindler's List. I mean, Spielberg did Schindler's List, what, 10 years before this? See, and that was yeah. famously, famously, you know, successful. And, and this just didn't hit the mark. Not at all. Not not in quality. Not in not in anything really. Um, oh, it's just so messy. 
I wish it was more messy. Yeah, that's pretty good, though. It just felt dull to me. It's just drawn out. Yeah. That's really what it was. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't, like, engrossed. Like, I reckon if the movie itself was, like, just that first, like, 10-minute, like, heist or whatever, like, that first actual hostage situation, I feel like I would watch, like, a whole, like, you know, hour-and-a-half movie about just that. Like, that was pretty interesting to start with. And then it so, kind of all unraveled. A lot of what's depicted in that opening scene of the Olympics was genuinely true. So this was this was 1972 in Germany, so barely 30 years after the conclusion of the Second World War. Um, the German government was desperate to distance insel- it, it itself from, from Nazis and any sort of violence whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So security at, at the Olympics was really loose and really light. They didn't right. want... They didn't want any images of security, not even standing there with guns. The security was not armed, uh, and they and they didn't want any any photos of security even even you know tangentially there. They just didn't want mm. to be associated in any way with, with violence whatsoever. Um, they had security gates everywhere, but because there was no security and nobody was monitoring it, uh, the athletes genuinely would jump over the fence to get mm. into different areas to to see each other. Yeah, uh, which is where this problem comes in. That okay, you don't really know who's who, and there's a there's a spirit of friendly rivalry amongst all the athletes anyway. So nobody's checking. You know, of course they're not going to be checking ID. Uh, mm. Why would they? Why would they bother? It's just another athlete, and everybody's jumping the fences anyway. So yeah, we'll help you off. You go, and then this <laughs> rubbish happens. The bizarre thing is that the the um, the games organisers were warned that um, that this sort of thing may happen. They themselves commissioned a guy to come up with, you know, a bunch of potential strategies because they were concerned about um, about the Israeli uh, uh, um, members at the at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and this 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 consultant came up with twenty five different scenarios. I think it was um, scenario twenty one. So I think that was exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. Palestinians wow. um, jump the j- jump the thing. They take they take the Israelis uh, hostage, and they demand um, you know planes or helicopters or whatever it was at the at the airport. They knew about it, and they still didn't didn't provide uh, you know any sort of reasonable security for it. It's, it's such a political such a political thing because mm. because they the, the Germans were desperate not to be associated with the Nazis in any sort of way at the time. Yeah. It was it was it was reverse propaganda. All kinds of authority. Yeah. yeah. And then this sort of stuff happens. And you know the guys running the operation knew it too. They they knew this was a weakness. Yeah. That's exactly what they yeah. could exploit. Well, I mean that's kind of funny in a horrible way, I guess. <laughs> that that <laughs> I mean, like in an ironic in sort the of way, possible way. Yeah, yeah, like it's terrible. Yes, absolutely. But it's just like, well, I mean, I literally told you this would happen. It's like, yeah, you did. <laughs> you sure did. Well, you guys have just seen it, so the plot's going to be a little bit fresher in your mind. But I do have some things to say as we as, as we get to them, especially about Avner's character, Eric Eric Banner's character. Mm. Okay. I can take a crack at this. Um, I 
I didn't recently watch it like within the last couple of hours recent. So bear with me because a lot of this film will blend together. And I'm going to say that's the fault of the film. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I genuinely really tried with it. Um, All good. I've, I've pulled up a, a breakdown in case we get lost. Oh, perfect. Well, effectively, yeah. So we open with the actual or the inciting incident, um, which they, now the group of Palestinians that came in and took the Israelis hostage. They weren't they they weren't athletes that were there from the camp. They were just outsiders. No. Is that right? No, they're a terrorist. Well, there's no, that's 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 still the the issue today. Depending Palestine on who doesn't you exist are. as a as a country. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If they were playing in the games, it would have been as Jordanians or Egyptians or Lebanese. Mm. Or, yeah, right. Yeah. So they break in, but they weren't athletes. No, they. Yeah, yeah, they break in. To the, well, I say break in, they, they hop a fence. Um, <laughs> um, they shoot up a couple of people. They take a lot of them hostage. And I mean, this is all historical. They, you know, as hostages, they get two helicopters. The German government does attempt to intervene at one stage. Um, and in the intervention, I believe well, a couple of the, well, the helicopters blew up and one of them just got shot up and all mm-hmm. everyone dies, all the hostages and all Everybody the dies. Yeah. Yes. And then it's, I don't even know what the time jump is from when it happened to when we actually jump on with our main character, but. Months. It was, it was, it, it was an immediate response. Yeah. So we have Eric Banner starring as Avna or Avna. And um, he's taken aside by, now this was the prime minister. Was that woman the prime minister? Golda Meir. She was the prime minister of Israel. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, and it was a secret genuinely a secret um, sort of cabinet uh, established for for this black ops yep so they put together their um <laughs> their their, um, their well, little idea of which to send avna and a group of other unknown um, experts kind of like putting together a heist um, to go mm-hmm. in and to one by one take out all of the the people that they believe were responsible uh, for this attack. And it's yes. kind of pitched like your your typical James Bond globe trotting adventure, or more like I guess more like a Mission Impossible sort of thing. Of here are your seventeen targets or whatever it is, you know, go and have at them. And then the film. The one does, thing the film. Yeah. I was just going to say the one thing the film does do cleverly is that. Okay, it it, it plays to that trope of here, here's the list of names you're going to go and execute them one 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 by one. Off you go. You're kind of on board with that at the start, and then. As the film goes on, even the team members themselves start asking questions, you know, after it's posed to them many, many times by other people. Eventually, they start asking it themselves, okay, why are we killing these guys? Why are these guys on the list? Do we even know that they're involved or are you just trusting, you know, whoever whoever gave you the list and why are you trusting them and why should we believe any of this is actually actually true and you know is killing them really the the best way of doing it all those questions kind of come out and as they do you think to yourself holy shit i was taken in or at least i did i was taken in at the start and i and i was on board with with avna and 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 this group and them going off on their on their revenge plot uh and then i'm questioning it too like holy shit yeah i i, I didn't even ask those questions at, at the start of the film and i and i should have yeah, the way it's pitched is it sounds like the um, Israeli government really has a plan here and they know exactly what they're doing. And then about 40-odd minutes into the film, you realize, oh, do they know what they're doing? 
have we been like yeah. effectively you find out that the characters have been given half a plan or um and they've got to fill in the rest as they go about what they're doing i mean half you know choose your own adventure yeah kind of <laughs> go get vague revenge for us please it's like oh, all right yeah yeah so yeah abner gets put on this team um I, I'm going to be terrible with all the uh, all the characters here, but one of them is played by Daniel Craig. So at least there was another familiar mm-hmm. face for me there. Um, the only, the uh, only non-Jewish sounding Jewish guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve. Um, very, very Jewish. <laughs> and honestly, the movies, it takes about an hour and a half to two hours here of them just going from hit after hit. And yeah. that's pretty much it until yep. the end. Very monotonous, very quickly. But it's look, from from hit to hit, you you uh, get a better picture that these guys are just amateurs. That none of them, even even Avner at the top, he hasn't done this before. He hasn't run a team like this before. And all of them, uh, okay, they they have skills, but they're not even the skills that you would expect in a team like this. Like they're demolitions experts. Is is a guy that is a bomb disposer. Uh, Steve is the guns guy, and he just wants to go in, you know, guns blazing all the time, everywhere. Just, just do it. I wish, he got, I wish he got his way. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, <Yeah>, well, <laughs> would have made for a much uh, quicker, less painful movie. Yep. <laughs> so. I'll talk about a couple of the hits. Uh, I bear with. I may even get the order of them wrong, but honestly, it doesn't really matter um, because some of the actual attempts that they do uh, are some of the more interesting parts of this film. And I say that because the majority of the film is not interesting. There's two weeks in a row between this and a history of violence where I'm just like, "Holy shit, I'm so bored." But um, they yeah, with their their demolitions expert, um, one of the ones that stood out to me was. I think it was the second or third hit in the film. They decide the only way to kill this man is to tamper with his telephone in his office. So that's that's the second. That's the first explosion. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's it's the second kill. It's the first explosion. So the yeah. first kill was just someone being shot from memory, wasn't it? Yes. They just met him at the bottom of his elevator, clumsily pulled out guns and shot him right there. Yeah. So that felt that 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 one specific kill there felt very Tarantino, but. You know, bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so this, they, they they decide with this one guy. He's because they he's just got a phone in his office. If we ring the phone, we can set it up so if he's on the phone, we can blow it up at the same time. And this is one of the more interesting yeah. ones, purely because they've got like a lookout to let them know. And someone dials the phone, so when the guy answers it, they know he's there. And there's this bit where his young his daughter, who's like you know ten or so, answers the phone instead but they can only tell on the side with the actual detonator that the phone's been answered and they, they don't know that it's not actually the, the target. Mm-hmm. So there's this tense bit where they, they you know try to get the explosion to stop just so they can uh, you know not kill the little girl, which they do successfully do, and then they actually pay off and have the kill. And that was one of the better scenes, I think, because um, something happened. Which mm-hmm. is what, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and what is that trying to show us? That these guys are... You know, have a heart of gold in the end. They're only trying to kill bad guys. I guess so. I mean, yeah. But also, I mean, they. Yeah, you're right. They say too. You know, the explosion was so small. I think you know the uh, um, Daniel Craig character is one who says, "Why'd you make it so small?" And the and the demolitions guy says, "Oh, you know, I didn't want to take out the building. It's just supposed to kill him. There's no need to take out the building or harm anybody else." 
And then he ends up in hospital. He's not killed immediately. He ends up in hospital. But he does, I think he dies from his wounds after the fact. He does succumb to his, to his injuries, yes. Yeah. So that, that's- And he gets the tap on the shoulder. Abner gets a tap on the shoulder from Jeffrey Rush at that point. Yeah. So that, the explosion not being big enough that time kind of sets up one of the other <laughs> scenes later on. Yeah. Where- The Mary- next, the next one, yeah. Yeah, so there's this other guy they want to, they got to kill, and he's staying in this one hotel room. And much like every bo- plan involving a bomb, it's convoluted, and they effectively make a pressure plate in this person's bed. So when he sits down, it connects, and then they can detonate the bomb remotely, so that they know it's ready because somebody's mm-hmm. you know hit the plate. And this one happens yeah. actually one of the a pretty good scene as well. Um, but the guy to compensate from the last explosive, um. <laughs> overdoes it effectively and he blows up well, no. of hotel rooms he, the explosion is huge but he says no I, I mentioned it perfectly it's your guy Avner the French guy that you're getting the information from who supplied the C4 he made the mistake it was bad C4 or, or, or the detonators were too powerful or something something was off yeah he says <clears> that <throat> but then when we get the reveal that he's not actually a demolitions expert but he's like a bomb dis- like disposal technician yeah. I'm kind like, of sounds like I'm covering his ass yeah like that's maybe. I wasn't sure maybe yeah. because the because the French guy the the son of the French guy essentially because he, he fucks around with them later that's that leads me to think that okay he did give them dodgy C4 yeah, and that's because in, because in the yeah, yeah because in the next because in the next kill he sets up a safe house for them in Greece or something. Uh, the the French guy sets up the the safe house for them. So Avner is is, is paying him what two hundred thousand dollars per name or something roughly per yeah. name from the kill kill list. Yeah. Um, and and with that money they go and set up the safe house and all the equipment they need and essentially the team just shows up and then executes the the, the guy from there. So he sends them to this safe house in Athens or Greece or wherever it happens to be. Uh, and during the middle of the night, these Palestinians show up, and they say, "Yeah, our you know what's his name, Larry or whatever, set this up. Are you guys, you know, are, are you guys uh, sympathise with?" And and they say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we're." We're Bader-Meinhof, we're, we're your, you know, German brothers, you know, fight the cause or whatever. Uh, and the, and that's how they avoid having having a shootout there. But it's still a dick move to make that, you know, Larry, the, the, the French guy, sets up ideological enemies in the same safe house. That's a real fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's interesting. Like, that whole thing you just described is an interesting bit of the story. And that that scene where they they do walk into the safe house and they're you know they're all there is quite you know nicely done, a bit tense and all that. It's just that these are there are fluttering moments where this film is not even just exciting, yeah. but interesting. But then there's but the thing that yeah. I mean that 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 scene is completely let down because it doesn't go anywhere. I mean, Avner still then after that deals with Larry the French guy. He doesn't stop. He doesn't go and confront them or anything. He just he just says, "Hey, I really didn't like doing that." And Larry goes, "Yeah, or oh, whatever. Sorry. Okay, here's your next name: two hundred thousand dollars, please." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to know more about that character though, because the French guy is um a little well. That's what I'm saying. His and his father, the whole organization, that's so much so much better for a, for a story than than this you know bunch of teenagers just running around shooting and blowing up people. Oh, when you describe it like that, it sounds like it's exciting anyway, but it's not. <laughs> oh. Now, 
I've jumped. I'm going to jump ahead a bit. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Oh no, it's just one one important scene. Um, Avner a few times through the film has it blatantly pointed out to him why what they're doing is completely misguided, wrong. It's not going to end up with the solution they think. It's just going to stir the shit even more. The Palestinian guy he's having a chat with, he says, these Israelis don't get it. We are never going to give up the fight. No amount of retaliation is ever going to stop us because we're fighting for our home. And if it takes a hundred years and a hundred generations of blood, we're going to we're going to commit to that because at the end of it we'll have our home, and no price is ever too high for that. So that's the first time Avner is confronted with with what he's doing, and he and it has no effect on him. He the guy lays it out for him, and he just. You know, he engages him in the conversation, and then he does nothing with it. Next, he's he's off for the next kill, and that's it. He's not even you know doubting himself. So you're saying he's a poorly written character? <laughs> I'm saying the whole movie is <laughs> misguided. Yeah, no, a little bit. <laughs> but I do wonder if they were restrained by trying to be as accurate as possible. But obviously, who who knows? Like. It's hard to tell. But even that. so, if you if you're making a biopic, then do it properly. Take the time. Why why give yourself a six month window? Andrew, they took mm. the time. They took three hours of it. Okay. <laughs> well, they took our time. Yeah. <laughs> we paid for it. <laughs> um. So when I was watching during my my watch my 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 viewing, I did message you all at one point. I think it was just like yelling, "I knew it," and it was literally uh-huh. the it's towards the end of the film. Well, I said it's towards the end, probably in sometime within the second hour. Um, they go to this bar in this hotel and Avner, uh, Banner's character, is having like a nice drink with this this woman at the bar and he leaves and he tags with his old, the, the older guy on the group and you know, lets him know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Within, within the second sentence of her talking to him, she says, hey, why don't we go and yep. fuck? She sure does. There's no subtlety. I mean, if she's, if she's, <laughs> even for a prostitute, that's not subtle. It's too quick. There's a game. There's a delicate game you need to play. And this is the seventies. You don't just, you don't just say, "Hey, come to bed." With, and she doesn't blatantly say it, but she may as well have. Yep. And so Banner goes back. He talks to his old friend. Lets him know, like, I'm going to bed. But just so you know, there's a very uh liberal uh, young woman at the bar <laughs> and he turns the corner and in my head I'm like well he's dead and lo and behold five minutes later we find mm-hmm. out that he was dead and that she was sent from somewhere um, to effectively help get rid of this group which is a weird thing that she only kills the one guy and not all of them while she's there and then seemingly retires <laughs> um, well one and done yeah, it just feels like a weird like. Oh, was she hired to kill one of them? Like that's so vague. It's just it's oh, anyway. Maybe to mm, it, it, maybe it's the same situation. She's just there to spook them. And so if if this if this spooks them, then they may stop doing what they're doing at the cost of just one death. Did we find out where she was sent from? No, but it should, but but she was probably hired by some by someone in the Palestinian network. Yeah. Just to get to get rid of these guys, or, or potentially even even you know the German network, because these guys, uh, the, the Palestinians and the Bader Meinhof group 
in Germany who were essentially neo-Nazis. They were working very closely together. Okay. So... So it could have been them as well. Yeah. She was Dutch after all, so it, yeah, it, was, it was probably someone in, in, the, in the German network. Yeah, so then we have a bit of a side quest where they go and kill her for revenge, for killing one of now, their comrades. they decide that she needs to die, yep. and the demolitions guy uh, says, to, says to Avner, this is the second time he has everything laid out for him, and he doesn't react to it. The demolitions guy says to him, I can't do this. We started, we started doing this, and I thought it was noble, but I'm, 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 I'm losing myself. I don't, I don't think what we're doing is right anymore. And, you know, the killings have just gotten too far. You know, it, this, is, this is expanding from our original brief. I don't like it. I'm going to take a break. Um, I'm not joining you on this one because this isn't part of our original brief anyway. So you, you guys do it, but I can't do it, and you shouldn't do this one or any more of them either. And, and the, then he dies. It's completely unaffected <laughs> by this as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So then, yeah, the next time we see the demolitions guy, he was just at his house tinkering and it explodes. And I guess we're meant yeah. to assume that he was assassinated, but also he was a very no, bad demolitions no. expert, so maybe he just fucked up. <laughs> oh, I no, I, I read it that he committed suicide. Oh, I mean, that's also possible, mm. 100%, yeah. But he, yeah, he just, he just set a toy running and that's it. He, he, he died. Okay, that's possible. I'll, I'll, well, again, I'll, see, the, the film is, is, is vague in a bad way that it doesn't even doesn't suggest oh, yeah. which way you should be thinking. Yeah, I'm going to have a bit of a look because I'm, I'm now curious if there's any like official stance <laughs> on that. I don't, I don't think you're wrong. I can, I can definitely see how it plays that way. Um, I'm just, yeah. Well, they, they go and kill the Dutch girl um, who, they, who they, you know, is just in a, in a little negligee or something. Um, they shoot her twice with these, you know, weird pop guns. I guess they don't make. Yeah, that I was much. wondering what those were. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem like because they kind of bash them to activate them. It doesn't seem like you can mm. keep the accuracy very, very well. Like yeah. it's very easy, only a few meters away to to miss someone just because of the way mm. they're activated. But anyway, three the, the the three guys left in the team, you know, all take a shot, and and she ends up bleeding out, and she's sort of slumped over on her chair. Her, her negligee is open. Avner goes to close it, and the older guy on on the team says no, and opens it up, and you know, let her die like the whore she is, or whatever. Mm. They're having dinner later on, and all this time, Avner is cooking these lavish meals for the team. Like seriously, lavish meals. Yeah. You know, yeah, things that you would only eat at Christmas time. You know, it would, it would take you a whole day to prepare these things, and mm. no, he's just cooking for his team. These. these Anyway, he's, he's done with on an empty stomach. <laughs> <laughs> he's, they've got this meal. The old guy is just is just drinking and kind of mumbling to himself a lot of the time and not really making much sense. Daniel Craig says to him, you know, it says somewhere in the in the book that you shouldn't, uh, um, you know, drinking just to get drunk is is wrong. So why don't you have something to eat? And this is the third time Avner has it laid out for him. And is and is completely unmoved and unaffected by it. The old guy says to him, "Don't you see what's going on? Every time we kill someone, they kill one of ours or retaliate. This is never going to stop. This is pointless. Um, even when we do kill someone and we do get away, they just replace them with an even bigger bastard in their in their network. So all we're doing is strengthening their their cause, strengthening their uh, 
um, their their organization by getting rid of the, the weak guys. In, in in getting our revenge, we're actually helping them. So we need to stop. I can't do this anymore. It's it's got to end. And after this, Avner is completely unaffected. He just continues going on with his with his plan. The old guy is shot. Uh, he, he goes for a walk or something, and he's shot on the park bench. He's stabbed, apparently. Or, or even yeah, then, yeah, I think it was. It was like, stabbed, stabbed, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I'm having I a kinda, read now. Um, just to catch myself up. I, I got the vibe that maybe they were going for a suicide, but it, the film kind of made it, played it out like, like he was stabbed by, by somebody else. Oh. Um, but even then, That's how I read it. it. Yeah, he could have just gotten drunk and killed himself. Who knows? Maybe. But I think they make the comment about leaving it and someone left him there. I think that one of the characters talks about that, but I'm maybe not. They, yeah, they, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's also true. And then it's it's only it's only uh, Avner and Steve that Daniel Craig just left, and they're going after um, Somali, the the head honcho of of the whole Munich terrorist plot, who was also quite high up in the in the organization, um, in the in the Palestinian terrorist organization. And they go to his house. I don't know what they're thinking of doing because they just go to his house. They've, they've got a couple of sniper rifles, and yeah, stupidly, this young young little kid on a patrol stumbles across them. How did they not, you know, take take that into account? This how, a, how, how did they not think that the that the patrol was going to be there? Because they're bad at their jobs, both in a film they really sense are. and as a counter terrorist group or, or terrorist group, if you will. Uh, and it's after this where we where we start the third act, where Avner all of a sudden is paranoid that he's being hunted down he doesn't know by by who and he he can't sleep he can't eat he he hides in a closet you know he doesn't even sleep in his bed he just hides in a closet all all night because he doesn't know who who is after him and it just the film never got there in a in a smooth way so it just seems like it's tacked on all of a sudden to mm. to give him some sort of uh, I don't know to make us empathize with him for some reason yeah. And I don't, because he's, he's he's just been this mindless bastard the whole way through. Yeah, exactly. And three times the situation has been laid out for him, and he just, nah, I'll carry on, it'll be fine. She'll be right. <laughs> See, another film which I think does a really good job of telling as much of a true story as they can and doing it with a drawn-out pace and taking almost three hours to do it is Zodiac, which I think we've reviewed on the show I- before. Not with yeah, me, yeah. but I do I love it. Yeah. Mm, great movie. No, it's a fantastic movie, but it is it's drawn out and it's yeah, yeah, but like unlike this one, it's not like mind numbingly boring. <laughs> That's exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's much smaller in scope, mind you, than this is. So you'd think that you know too. it would be, but here we are again. Thanks, movie. Oh. And the whole thing I, I I don't know if you guys noticed because I only noticed it on, on the second viewing this time. When the film ends, uh, Avner's back in New York in hiding. Jeffrey Rush uh, comes, to, comes to see him and, and, and says, look, you're foolish for thinking that, that, you know, that, we're going to, that we're going to kill you, the Israeli government. Just, just come home. Just forget everything and come home. You'll be, you'll be treated as a hero and everything will be, everything will be wonderful. Um, and he says, no, thanks. I'll just sit here on the bench, thank you. 
and the the film pans off, and you can see the Twin Towers in the background. Of course, it's 1972, so they've just been ah, built. I didn't even notice that at the time. The, so what the hell is the film trying to say? Yeah, that's if it wasn't, really if it wasn't for that terrorism, that up, actually. And, and that's it, and the film just ends there. But thank God it does also. Um. <laughs> well, eventually, but but that's what I mean. It, it it just it seems to be wanting to say something, yeah. but it's, it's trying not to say saying anything. No, it, it it's just trying to say five different things at once, and none of them clearly, and none of them come through. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. This movie is not. Oh, how do I how do I say this politely? It lacks polish. There we go. <laughs> I feel That's so a bad way to put it. insulting someone like Spielberg, but this is a fucking very Spielgy. Like, it's- well, what, what did you guys get get an overall theme from the film? Not really. Like, it's pretty much like what you said. Like, they would you can tell that they're trying to say a few different things, but they're just not getting any of them across properly, or really even committing to one thing. Yeah. I, I just got the whole, there's heroes and villains on both sides sort of thing. Like they were trying Which to play it down the middle. Mm. Yeah. Well, it was mainly when, when he, um, when Abner was having the chat with the Palestinian in the safe house and he's like, well, yeah. here's our point of view, which is why we're never going to stop. And we know his point of view, which is why they're never going to stop. So for me, that was like kind of the crux of the of it all saying like, yep, we've got good reasons. You've got good reasons. Unfortunately, they are no. counter to each other. So we're just going to keep going forever. No, because- they're both doing it for the same reason. They're both fighting for 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 a homeland. Yep. Which is what I mean. Like, and, that's and why neither of them. Up. Yeah, neither of them get that. That's exactly the reason that the other side is using, and they feel justified. You know, from from their point of view, in in in, in fighting for it because it's for a home. But how dare they fight for a home that is that is ours? And and the other side thinks exactly the same as these guys. Yeah, Avner would be nice to realise that, but I guess as the audience, we can st- we get that message like from them making well, the same arguments. But the, the he should have got that mess. He should have started to question, you know, his, his mission at that point. At least, you know, have a have a have a scene w- w- earlier w- with Jeffrey Rush asking him what the fuck is going on. Is there even evidence that that these guys were involved? You know, I need to see something. I can't keep doing this. Um, you know, without without a clear picture of what's going on, and then Jeffrey Rush would have done his. Nah, it's it's all right. You're doing it for a, for a bigger cause, and you know, you you let us worry about the details. You'll be fine. Do you need more money? Take some more money. Yeah, they also spent quite a lot of money, considering how um bad this whole thing was. Badly, this thing was um planned out, didn't they? <laughs> and then they end up in, in a little bit of a clash with the CIA. Like they're trying to go after someone and. You know, Ed Harris, who pops into the film for for two minutes, uh, you know, stops him from taking out Somali really early. Wait, so, okay, so the Americans are working with, with the Palestinian organization and supporting the Israelis at the same time. So what the fuck is going on? Wait, was Ed Harris in this film as well? Ed Harris was one of the Americans that stopped, that stopped Avner from shooting Salame in the street the first time in London. Oh, one of the quotes oh, drunk yes, ones. Too. Yeah. So did we get, yeah. I, I must then, have missed that. Were, were they confirmed the thing, to be um, CIA or was that just a theory? No, they were never confirmed, but that's, but that's you know, why else would they be there? Because they, they kind of come out and, and say, ah, oh, Johnny or whatever, whatever they, they call that. I haven't seen you in a long time because they just try and distract him because they don't want 
Salame to be dead because obviously he's doing stuff for the CIA. Oh, that's crazy. And then it's all brushed off. My mistake, my mistake. And they get in their car and off they go. But Salame is gone by that point. Oh, I mean, that's, that would be something to explore at least. <laughs> and, and nothing. That's it, it just drops there. So the film starts off with, okay, retribution is justified. And in, okay, okay, let's let, let's see how it plays out. I can get on board with that. But as it's going along, the film fights itself on that. That retribution is kind of kind of silly because the other guys are, you know, motivated by the same thing. Every every act that they do is also in retribution. So there's no there's no we're way past the origin. And now everything we do is just retribution for the for the previous thing. So okay, so we can't go along with that anymore. And then are we supposed to think that Government's ordering this stuff is bad. Well, the film doesn't really give us any reason to hate that either. It just kind of teases it and then, and then kind of leaves it there. Okay, yeah. make up, make up that, your own mind. Does that thing where it wants you to sort of make your own decision and come to your own conclusion, and I hate when movies do that. Like, tell me yeah. what you're trying to make me feel. And then, and then it shows you the other side with the Palestinian guy saying, look, this is the reason why... why so, okay, so have, are we just simply on the wrong side? Are we back on the retribution train, but for the opposite side? Well, no, because they're just, you know, killing indiscriminately as well. Uh, but what the fuck is going on? Okay, before we get too far, Andrew, it's not Ed Harris. I need to say that because somebody's going to message me about that. He's not. It's in the not film. Ed Harris? He's not oh, in the film. I swear it was Ed Harris. It may have looked like him, but he's not in the film. Weirdly, though, this film did come out the same year as A History of Violence. So if he was in both, that would have been just a hilarious coincidence on our end. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to look this up. I mean, myself. I've, Independent research. Yeah, you do your own research. Maybe he's uncredited. Maybe, but I can't see him, and that's we fine. Need some, I just need some peer reviewing on this one. What I'm just trying to say is, <laughs> message Andrew and not me when it's wrong. No, don't. <laughs> Oh, you can. You can. You can get me on Twitter. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> um, yeah, disappointing in the end. Did you guys have any other scenes in particular you wanted to talk about, or are we ready to all you know tell people in three different ways why they shouldn't watch this film? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like there there is some good scenes to it. Like, so I really enjoyed the beginning of the movie. Like, I thought that opening sequence was really cool. Yep. And then, like some of some of the um, like hits and stuff are pretty good as well. Like that first one in the hotel is a really cool scene, but ultimately, like a couple of good scenes does does not an enjoyable movie make. So, yeah. What about you, Andrew? Anything before we hit verdicts? No, no, no. I've said everything that I can possibly say. All right. Well, let's hit the music. In three hours, you could do a small jigsaw puzzle. It will take the whole time. It will be tedious. But in the end, you will have gained something from doing it. Do that instead of watch this film. Yep, I would agree. Um, <laughs> look, if you're having difficulty getting to sleep, maybe pop it on. Um, I did doze off a couple of times in the first uh, time that I tried to watch it. So it seems like it's got benefits in that department. But otherwise... Can't can't really recommend this one. I'm afraid. Sorry, Steve. Uh, I've just I've just done a quick view of of that scene. So it's um, oh. an hour and forty five minutes in. Yeah. Uh, in in their London thing. It, you're right. It is isn't Ed Harris, but it is a guy who does look remarkably like him, 
And when you're as bored as this film as you are, imagining that Ed Harris is in it for a little bit of excitement is is, is, my, is my reasoning why I, why I saw Ed Harris. You're a victim, it, it, it you're like a victim here, Andrew. You needed, you needed something to attach yourself to. This film is a heist movie missing all the good parts of a heist film, mm. right? Yeah. First of all, you need a clear goal. Not only not only of what they're trying to achieve, but why they're trying to achieve it. Ocean's Eleven, they're trying to get back at Benedict. They're robbing his his his, his casinos for a hundred and thirty million because he's done them wrong in the past, or he's screwed over other other people. Ocean's Thirteen, he's screwed over one of their one of their own guys, so they take him for for everything that no De Niro's character, whatever he is, bank. But you know, it's it's a good heist movie because you get a clear idea of what they're trying to do and exactly what the stakes are, right? You don't really get a sense of that here because there are other there are other uh, teams involved. You know, the, the names um, in the first place. It's not a complete list; they're just a list so so far. So you never know how far it's and it's, it's added to along the way. So you really don't know how far it's all all going to go. And the second good thing about heist films that this film is missing is all the planning. We don't get any background yeah, to any. We don't get any meaningful background, I should say, to any of the characters to show exactly why their skills are important or how they relate to the story. And none of the planning. It's just okay. This is what we're going to do. We get a little brief scene of them setting up the next the next trap. Um, you know, even even saw films are more interesting for their for their traps. Yeah. <laughs> I think this uh, film would have been better as a documentary. As opposed to what it actually was, like legitimately, because it's yeah, it's yeah trying actually, to be I think factual. I probably would have enjoyed it more in that form too. Yeah, it's because it's trying to be so factual to the point that it's just so dull. And I think when you have at least even the documentary film style to it, you can you can make mm. it interesting. You know, you can accentuate certain parts, but just as a narrative piece, holy shit, it was boring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it it doesn't really go deep into anything. It just seems to. Hammer you over the head with the with the assassinations first of all, just to to play out the the, the runtime and give it something interesting to happen. Um, and instead of bundling all that tension into one or two of them, it stretches it out over to four or five mm. of these executions. Yeah, and I think what's most disappointing is there is actually quite an emotional story here at the heart of the film, like what what they could have done. Like this should yeah. make us feel something because they're talking about some very real very controversial and very intense, you know, ideas and concepts and stories here, but they mm. just don't come across that way. And that's the damn, that's no. the shame here. Like we should feel something, but the way that it was made makes us feel nothing but boredom. And that's it. We should yeah. sympathize. We should sympathize with Avner. First of all, for being taken in, you know, as a naive guy trying to do something, you know, for, for the greater good that doesn't work out terribly well. And then, you know, as he's corrupted by the end of it. But he spends so long just ignoring all the facts and not growing as a character for the first two acts of the film. And then by the third one, it's all rushed and not really explained. So you don't really you don't really get a sense of who he is then either. Yep. Stupid. Stupid film. Weirdly emotionally <laughs> unintelligent. Like just, that's the thing. Just not not good. Yep. Well, what are we what are we doing next? Oh, that's all right. We have some good news. That's a very good question. So, um, <laughs> because we still have a couple of um, spare spots on the schedule because of you know, a lot of the films we're going to review that were new this year just aren't coming out or aren't coming out yet. 
Um, I believe the next two weeks we're doing... Now, I could get the order wrong, but it's definitely thank you for smoking and in Bruges. Excellent, right? Yeah, it's a really good Good stuff. satire. Yeah. That's what you need after Munich. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that palette. Next week might be in Bruges. It might be, it might be thank you for smoking. I mean, they're both coming in the fortnight. I just can't remember the order, but it doesn't really matter. Whichever. You know, they're good. I, I love thank exactly. you for smoking. At least I remember life loving it. Aaron Eckhart's amazing in it. So, yeah. Yeah, mm, I'm really looking forward to that one. I've not seen it before, but I really like him, and I've heard a lot of oh, good about it. Yeah, and In Bruges is wonderful. It's a wonderful, wonderful film. In Bruges, I've seen before, but probably not in about uh, you know, ten years or whenever it came out. I remember seeing. Oh it. goodness me! Okay. Yeah. Well, I think well, we they're, should... they're both films I watch regularly. Anyway. Oh well, look at you! You've done your research already. <laughs> Ready to go. <laughs> Certainly have. Well, I just did the episode now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point, Andrew. Uh, well, let's do. I reckon we'll yeah do the socials. And we'll get out of here. Find us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast, or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. You can check out the Facebook page, just facebook.com forward slash Second Take. You can also follow me on Twitter, should you wish to do so at Jordan MSPP. I've just retweeted a very nice gif of a very cool Canadian destroyer, so go find that for you. Is it the uh, Jurassic Express one, or? No, uh, one from that Trey Miguel did on the Impact pay-per-view earlier today. Oh, I've not watched that Wonderful. Um, Quite good. Worth a watch. You can tweet me at Bastion underscore James. And guys, I went on a journey because my my whole Twitter handle was spelt with lowercase b and a lowercase j. And to change that, I had to completely change my handle, wait an hour, and then change it back, hoping that no one would take my bloody name with capitals. It wouldn't let me just change it from lowercase to capitals because the same text was taken. It's like, you can't use this. It's already being used. And I was like, yes, I, I know that person. It's me. <laughs> Please let me change my name. <laughs> um, but yeah, you could also uh, jump on our website, secondtakepodcast.com or email us at secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. Or if you have to support the show, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash second take. And yeah, we'll be back next week with some good stuff. I'm so excited. Looking forward to it. Second Take Podcast is recorded within the Moreton Bay region of Queensland, Australia, and acknowledges this region's original owners, namely the Jinnabara, Kabi Kabi, and Yugara people. Second Take Podcast respectfully acknowledges the traditional custodians of these lands, and we pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging, for they hold the memories, the traditions, the cultures, and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 